It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O ThunderPod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we are going to be previewing the Oklahoma City Thunder season opener against the Charlotte Hornets. Hopefully, this time the game gets played because we're going to be discussing how day one of the NBA season went perfectly for Oklahoma City. Again, outside of the whole canceling your season opener thing, we're going to preview the Christmas Day slate and so much more. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, even on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to everyone out there listening. If you're listening to this actually on Christmas, let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Well, let's talk about how that first full, that first full day of NBA action went so perfectly for Oklahoma City. Number one is that the Thunder did not win or lose, and most of you listening are going to be overjoyed that this Thunder team just simply didn't win every single day goes by that they don't have a W in the win column. So if you're on board with tanking, this is a good day for you. If you're not on board with tanking, well, hey, they didn't lose either. Number two, the Cavs won, the Spurs won, the Kings won. These are all teams who you're expecting to be right there with you at the bottom of the standings, fighting for that 14% chance to get Cade Cunningham. Only three teams can slot in to that 14% number. You really want to be one of those three teams. And for the Cavs to go out there and win, the Spurs to go out there and win, and the Kings to go out there and win, all against playoff caliber teams. Now, I know the Cavs did it against the Hornets, who are going to be a borderline playing team. And I know the Spurs did it against the Grizzlies, who might be a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed. But the Kings, the Kings stealing a game against Denver. It's what we've talked about this entire offseason. These results this year are going to be wacky and wild beyond just your typical basketball year. And so the Kings, to steal a game that they shouldn't have against the Nuggets, literally stole it if you actually watch the game, but to steal a game against the Nuggets, that will be huge throughout this season. I think we're going to see more of that this year, more random results. But again, that one game, I know it's early. I know it's only day one, but here's the thing with all of that. No matter if you're looking at the standings from the top or the bottom, the thing with the standings are, you're likely going to be a game or a game and a half back of whatever your next goal is. So, for example, if your goal is to be the 15th place team and you're the 14th place team, you're going to be a game ahead or a game and a half ahead of that team. And that could be all the difference 
between getting a 14% chance at getting Cade Cunningham and a 12% chance at getting Cade Cunningham. And likewise, if you're a contending team right now, I know it's only the first game of the season, but for the Nuggets to lose this game to the Kings, you're likely going to be a game or a game and a half or even a half a game behind the next seat up that you want to be in. So even though it's day one, all these things matter. And so for the Thunder to get to sit at home and not win a game, but watch as the Cavs steal a win, the Spurs steal a win, the Kings steal a win, was very good for Oklahoma City. I mean, really, the only one that didn't come away victorious that you're expecting to be battling it out at the end of the year and you're expecting to have to fight around and, and, and try to try to out-tank a team is New York. New York did not come away with a win, and so they start out 0-1. They had a good run against Indiana, but they could not complete the job, even though R.J. Barrett took a nice turn for himself. So all of that has happened so far. You, you did not win or lose, and you saw your competition if you're on Team Tank, you saw your competition steal some wins. And then James Harden comes out and continues to make a fool of himself, continues to drive his price down, and now he's added the Blazers and the Celtics to his list. In expanding his list as we continue to wait out who his next team will be, expanding his list is something that, Th that Thunder fans should be excited about, I think. Because it means that Philadelphia, Brooklyn, they're not offering these amazing packages. And he's just scrapping and clawing, trying to find the team that'll offer a package that Houston says yes to. And meanwhile, the value goes down and down and down and down. What can the Blazers offer? Let's just say the Blazers want James Harden also. If they swap CJ McCollum and James Harden, CJ McCollum is not good enough to improve the Rockets draft pick that you own in Oklahoma City. The further and further away we get from the possibility that Houston gets back a Ben Simmons-like player, the more and more excited you should get about the future of this team. And it's pretty clear as we see James Harden just flounder and, and, and just throw his arms in the air as he's drowning in the deep blue sea for some team to latch on to by expanding his list and expanding his list, the more and more it seems like there is no Ben Simmons offer. There is no offer that will get the Rockets to bite and make them you know better or even competent. And so it makes it more and more likely that they end up taking the Brooklyn package of just Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and some picks, which... For the long game, for Houston, might be pretty good. But for the immediate future, for these picks that you own and these pick swaps that you own, if, they, if they're substituting James Harden for Karis LeVert and Spencer Didwitty, two pretty decent players, then that pick's going to be pretty good in Oklahoma City. So the first day could not have gone any better. You not only had James Harden drama, which did play into Oklahoma City not getting to play, yesterday, but you also had James Harden expanding that list, which should signal to you that there is no amazing offer. So we now turn the page and look at the Thunder season opener, which now turns into against the Charlotte Hornets on December 26th. This game will tip off at 6 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports Oklahoma. The Hornets come in after a loss of the Cavs 
Terry Rozier put up 42 points. Gordon Hayward put up 28, 4, and 7. And Devontae Graham put up a 10, 10 night. The Hornets gave up 121 points to the Cavs. The Cavs. 121 points. We in the media did speak with Mark Dignott today. And Teo Maldon is still out. Ty Jerome is still out. And Darius Smeller is still unlikely to play. He did practice in full today on Christmas Eve. Uh, but it's unclear what his availability will be like on Saturday. But it certainly seems like he will be out. Uh, again, Maldon for the personal reasons. And Jerome for that left ankle sprain. A French outlet has talked about how Maldon is probably out for you know, something with his visa. And trying to acquire a work visa and things like that. And when that report came out, I've gotten some questions about like, you know, why hasn't this been taken care of sooner or how are they so far behind on this? Look, I'm not going to act like I know anything about acquiring a visa from anywhere for any purpose. But I will say, if you're questioning the preparation that went into it and you're questioning the timing from the Thunder or Maldon, you really shouldn't be. I mean, they couldn't have done it any sooner. He was not on the team until December 8th, and thus he couldn't sign an NBA contract for, which I would imagine you would need to sign to, to be able to get a work visa. I, I don't know that for sure, but I'd imagine that's the case until December 8th either. So this has been happening as fast as possible. Now, I don't know why Maldon was able to play in the preseason and not able to play in the regular season with this looming over his head. I'm, I don't know. I don't know all the intricacies. I'm not going to pretend that I do know all the, the answers here. But I will say, don't put this on... Teo, or don't put this on the thunder, that this is just something that happens. And it's it's a part of the fast restart. It's a part of, of going from the draft, and then a month later, you're playing NBA games. And look, we still don't know if that's true or not. I mean, we still don't know anything other than it's a personal matter. But if it is true, I cannot pretend to know how to get a visa. But I will say, it's not because they haven't been trying, I don't think. I don't think that this snuck up on anybody. I think that they simply have been trying to do this the right way. And the timeline is just all thrown off because we had the draft a month ago rather than like six months ago. So Maldon personal issues, Ty Jerome, left ankle sprain, and Darius Miller is just on that return to play program. You know he's rehabbing from that Achilles injury. So he, he was able to practice in full on Christmas Eve. And we'll have updates on Saturday afternoon whenever uh, Mark talks to the media pregame. Coming up, we're still going to have your what to watch for in this game, the keys to the game, the bet of the game, the Thunder Moneyball of the game, and we're going to talk about today's Christmas slate and my predictions for what will happen in these five really good matchups. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be sure to head on over to Locked On Bets because you're not going to want to miss their tips. They have some great podcasts out there right now today, previewing this Christmas Day slate as well, uh, giving you advice on who to put money on and so that way you can win money and maybe recoup some of the money lost by paying for Christmas gifts. But we're going to talk now about what to watch for in the Thunder vs. Hornets season opener for Oklahoma City. The first thing to watch for is just 
starting to figure out what this team even is. And you can think you have a good idea of it. I mean, we have our, all have our opinions. And if you've listened to the show before, you know my opinion on this team. But what exactly is this team? Because there's so many varying opinions out there. Is this a good team? Is this a, a play-in team that can make the play-in game the way that Dave DeFore thinks? Is this the worst team in the NBA the way that Ryan Rosillo thinks? And to have respected national people look at this roster and have such a wide variance of opinions, anywhere from you know playoffs slash play-in to worst team in the league, that's a wide gap. I mean, that is a wide, wide gap. And you know what I say about wide gaps, the truth's usually in the middle somewhere. And that would be the absolute worst case scenario for Oklahoma City. Remember, if they somehow do get to the playoffs, that's not the worst case scenario because it would take Shea making a massive leap. It would take Darius Baisley making a massive leap. It would take Lou Dort becoming an offensive player as well as his elite defense. It would take so much for that to happen, in my opinion, that that would not be the worst thing possible. That'd be, that'd be a really good thing and that'd accelerate your timeline. If they are the worst team in the league, again, still not the worst thing ever because there's about seven guys who people look at and say, that's a generational talent. And then if you're the worst team in the league, you give yourself a 14% chance at the very best guy in Kid Cunningham. And also, if you have that 14% chance at the number one overall pick, you're going to find yourself, you know, one through four. And at that point, you have enough future draft currency to trade up. You just do. And I know right now, it seems like Cade Cunningham is the lock. You'd be silly not to draft Cade Cunningham. Are you kidding me? But we've seen this story before. We see it almost every year. Almost every year. I take you back to Luka Doncic. In December of that draft class, how could you not take Luka Doncic? I mean, how could you not take him? Trey Young, how could you not take him? What are you thinking? All of a sudden... DeAndre Eaton, draft night, goes number one. Ownership got involved. All of a sudden, Marvin Bagley goes up. All of a sudden, Luka Doncic is traded for. These things can happen and unfold. You, but you got to be in the game, though. You have to be in the game to make that happen. You have to be a top four pick. You're not trading it for Cade Cunningham from, like, 10 or 13th. But you can trade it for Cade Cunningham from, like, you know, 2, 3, 4. Somewhere in that range. And the reason I think that is that we're already seeing it right now, right? I mean, we're already seeing people say, oh, well, Jalen Suggs, I don't know. I might put him on my, atop my big board. That never happened with Zion. Zion was the top of everyone's big board from day one to draft night. And that's really the only example of someone who you just could not trade for in, in the modern era. Of course, you know, LeBron, you couldn't trade for, things like that. But I'm talking about the, in recent history, Zion's the only player that you just absolutely could not trade for, even if you had the haul that Oklahoma City has right now. But that's not the case with Cade, even though I think it should be. I think that any team who has number one overall pick should not even think twice before drafting Cade Cunningham. We're already seeing people second-guess that. So the worst thing for the Thunder would be to finish in that middle. And that's what's in between the two extremes of Dave DeFore thinking that this team could be a play-in team if they keep everyone together. I mean, you keep Al Horford together, which I don't think that you can trade Al Horford this season anyway at the deadline. I think it's too much of a of a big contract to move, too many moving parts there, just like it was with Chris Paul. And you don't trade George Hill. But I would advise you to remember that the Thunder did trade Gallinari, even as they were having that amazing run, and they were the best team in basketball since New Year's. They traded Gallinari. The trade fell through because the Heat could not agree to a contract extension with Gallinari. But they did want to trade 
Gallinari despite the impressive start. So they're willing to trade George Hill, even if they get off to an impressive start, taking away the play-in, but possibly implementing middling out and just being a middling team. Or is this team the worst team in the NBA the way that Ryan Rosillo thinks, and the way that I think they should try to be? But as I've said, this is going to be a pretty competitive team, night in and night out, so the ball can bounce your way any given night. So watching for what this team even becomes is going to be a big deal. The Thunder offense will also be the biggest part of that, right? This Thunder offense has to put up a lot of points. The Cavs just scored 121 points. The Hornets looked atrocious defensively, especially after Cody Zeller went out. If Oklahoma City cannot score against this team, then the then the road to points is, is going to be pretty steep and uphill for this team. You have to be able to score against the Hornets. You just do. And I want to see the defense be better than it was in the preseason, but it's hard to, to really get in there and, and criticize the defense whenever they have only shown you anything in preseason. I don't blame them for not going 120% defensively in the preseason. And of course, we saw the same storylines of you know Shea being the point guard. That'll be fun. First-time lead guard. Al Horford playing his first full game as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then the big one. How many minutes does Poco get? How many minutes does Alexei Pukashevsky receive in this opening night? And is he in that rotation? And how long is that rotation, by the way? We, we don't know if Mark wants to play eight guys, nine guys, 10 guys, 11, 12 guys. We don't know. So watching for the rotation will be big as well. And then I think the most exciting part, the most interesting part, because I think that we all know while Shea will be exciting, we're all expecting him to be good. So if he's good and, and if he fulfills this role very well, you just give him a, a nice clap and, and move on about your day. Now, if he's bad, the sky's falling. But if he's good, we kind of expected that. I think that now everyone in Oklahoma City, after watching him in the preseason, is expecting a, a nice Al Horford game. What would be incredibly exciting, what would be incredibly good, would be Darius Baisley. And Darius Baisley becoming a part of this offense, becoming a, a key cog in this offense, becoming a focal point and a playmaker, and getting his own buckets, shot creating, and not just being a nice role player. If Baisley can take that leap, and again, the Hornets defense will is going to allow him to do that if he'll just be aggressive. So really watching Baisley's aggressiveness, if he can do that, this is going to be a fun game to watch because the defense will not have any resistance. And that takes us into the keys of the game. I think that you have to run up tempo, number one, with this Hornets team. Number two, you have to take advantage inside. You have to go score in the paint. No matter if that's Shea going in there with a scoop layup, if that's Baisley driving in there being aggressive, if that's dumping it down to Al Horford, you have to get in the paint because without Cody Zeller, you could noticeably see the difference in game one of their interior defense. He fractured his hand. He's out for four to six weeks. You have to go take advantage of that, number two. Number three, find a way to sustain your offense. And this is another thing to watch for because without Tao Maldon, who is leading that second unit? Is George Hill no longer a starter? While Maladon's out and he's going to run the second unit, is it going to be left up to a hodgepodge of characters and Hemdu Diallo is the spark plug off the bench, which I hear everyone collectively in Oklahoma City giving a huge sigh and eye rolling right now. Even on Christmas, I found a way to ruin your Christmas by talking about Hemdu Diallo because everyone is just so against this guy right now. But is he the focal point of your second unit? What is your second unit without Tail Maldon? Because you don't have him, you don't have Ty Jerome, 
you have cut Frank Jackson. What happens at that guard position? I will say this is the benefit of having a versatile lineup and having a lot of guys you trust handling the ball. I mean, you trust one through five in most lineups handling the basketball, and that will be very important when you get nights like this where Tail Maldon can't go or a night where George Hill is load managing or something to that effect. Having a bunch of guys who you believe can play make will be a big deal. We cannot do the bet of the game right now. I'm recording this on Christmas Eve night, so there's no line right now from our good friends over at betonline.ag, but you can check back there. Uh, tomorrow night, they usually put them out the night before or Saturday morning. You can also check on Twitter. I will tweet out my bet before the game tips off at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I do think the Thunder win this game, but we've got to see the spread and what it all amounts to. The Moneyball pick, I'm still going to go with Darius Baisley. I had him for for the season opener that got canceled. I want him again. I think he's going to have a really big night against Charlotte. I'm taking Darius Baisley for the Moneyball. Once again, if you're new, the Moneyball is who you think the Thunder player is that will lead this team in three-pointers made for this specific game. So let me know your Moneyball pick. Let me know your bet of the game on Twitter on Saturday at Ryland underscore Styles. Is that R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S? Coming up. We're going to preview the Christmas Day slate that you may or may not be watching right now. And if it's already happened, then just laugh at how right or wrong my predictions are, most likely wrong, for these Christmas Day games. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's talk about this Christmas Day slate. Five really good games. And after each game is over, head on over to the Locked On Heat, Locked On Pelicans, Locked On Bucks, Locked On Warriors, Locked On Nets, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Lakers, Locked On Mavericks, a personal favorite of mine, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Nuggets. Head on over there and hear their reactions to the game. You know what it's like whenever Christmas Day rolls around. It's one of those special days in the NBA where everyone, every basketball fan on NBA Twitter is watching the exact same game. We're all reacting at the exact same time to the exact same games. Whereas, as you saw on opening night, there's not always that that way on on a Wednesday night when there's 14 games going. We can't all be watching the exact same thing. We're all reacting to different things at different times and, and reacting to different games. I love these nights where there's just only one or two options. And in this case, there's one option at a time of the five games where we're all just sitting down and it feels like we're just collectively on Twitter together watching a basketball game and living in these moments on Twitter. So be sure to head on over there. You know that after games like this where it feels like the world is watching your every move that the fan bases will get rowdy and the podcast will be amazing. So we'll start with Lockdown Heat going up against the Lockdown Pelicans. I'm going to take the Pelicans plus three and a half here. I really am. I like what the Pelicans did against the Raptors opening night. Uh, Adams played very well. Uh, old friend Steven Adams. I still question how the spacing is going to work out there long term. But I think that the Pelicans showed a lot. And I think that they're going to win. Uh, well, not win, but I think they're going to cover plus three and a half. Heat win, though, in a close one. Uh, the Bucks and Warriors. 
this one is going to be a bad, bad game. The worst game of the slate. If you have something to do on Christmas, you know, eating dinner with family, you know, safely, opening presents, whatever it is, save it for Bucks Warriors if you can, because this is going to be a snooze fest in my opinion. Bucks Warriors, Warriors, 10-point dogs. I'm taking the Bucks minus the 10. These are all lines brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. The Nets at Celtics is going to be a really good game, I think. The Celtics impressed me on opening night against the Bucs. They really did. I was underplaying how good they would be. I do still have questions about their depth because if you see you know, Tatum or Brown, God forbid, go down, that team is not very deep at all. But for the meantime, this is a really fun team. And I want to see the Nets go up against someone not named the Warriors and not named the Wizards and play some actual competition here and see how they stack up. Because right now, I'm taking Nets minus three, and I think that this has blowout potential with how good I think the Nets can be and how good we've seen them so far. But maybe we're all overvaluing that one night against Golden State, who might not be a very good team this year. Number four, the Lakers and Mavs. This is my favorite game of the night. I cannot wait for this. Luka Doncic had a bad night while still scoring 30, but it was a bad night for him. He did not play well at all despite the stat line. I think that that mixed with playing LeBron James, who has been in his head this entire offseason, talking about how LeBron wanted to sign Luka Doncic to his LeBron brand and make that kind of uh, competitive with the Jordan brand, and he wanted Luka to be his first ever athlete. I think mixing all those emotions, playing at the Staples Center even without fans, playing against LeBron, coming off of a bad night, with the MVP aspirations, this is Christmas Day, the, the the big spotlight, biggest spotlight since the playoffs, and and again, Luca having that spotlight on him. I think that that's all going to mix together for a really good game for the Mavericks. And also, the Lakers come in, you have your rings, you've gotten all the pomp and circumstance out the way, you also lost your opening game, so you're going to be even more determined to not go 0-2, and it's Christmas Day once again. So I think that this will be the best game of the night, and I think that the Mavericks are going to cover 5.5. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover 5.5, showing how close this game will be. And then the final game of the night, you have the Clippers, you have the Nuggets. The Nuggets are 2.5-point dogs. I'm taking the Clippers for minus 2.5. The Clippers played really well opening night. I think that they're a really good team, that we've kind of undervalued them as a whole this offseason because of how embarrassing it ended for them and the drama they've seen in this short offseason. But they're still a good team. They're still going to win a lot of games, and they're going to win against Denver. Denver has a lot of, of question marks to work out without Jeremy Grant and Plumley and Craig. Jamal Murray did not look like bubble Jamal Murray. Clippers are going to be, you would hope, motivated for this game because if you can't get motivated on Christmas primetime, plus playing the team that that came back down 3-1 against you and embarrassed you and ended your season. I don't know what's wrong with you. They're going to be on fire to start this game. They're going to win uh, against Denver. Denver, the 2.5-point underdogs right here, so I'm taking Clippers minus 2.5 to get a pretty impressive win. I mean, probably like 6-7 points type of win for the Clippers. Let me know your Christmas Day picks and the bet of the game, the money ball of the game, and who you think will win the Thunder season opener on Saturday on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to be back to recap the Hornets game, game one of the Thunder season after that contest is over. So be sure to subscribe to Locked on Thunder wherever you get your podcasts from. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Perfect ending to a historic day!
members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.